The Will Cain Show podcast is presented by the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited double miles on every purchase every day. What's in your wallet? We have that Russell Wilson sound. I don't know if we'll need a little laugh a little bit later if we'll play that. And we can get to it next segment. College football playoff rankings. Those are going to be announced tonight, 7 Eastern, right here on ESPN. we got Will Kane today, the Rosillo Show on ESPN Radio. You can hit us up at Rosillo Show. That's the 1-800-Flowers.com Twitter feed during the holidays. Show the most important people in your life just how thankful you are for them with 1-800-Flowers.com. Right now, you can score 24 multicolored roses for only $24 to order. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com slash ESPN. I want to take calls on that thing we just talked about. Takes you're married to? Yeah, just Takes. stuff you're just rooting for the downfall of somebody and just being, it's almost like confession a bit. That's, that's right. right. I'm doing this because I have a position. Yeah, and your position, and I want to do this. Celtics win 16 in a row. Kyrie is great again last night. He is incredible so far this year in the clutch and clutch is within five points five minutes or less to go in the game he's got the most points in the nba i don't think he has any turnovers the numbers are staggering Mm -hmm. and your position was that what once gordon hayward went down the celtics would be what kind of team well i have multiple and people blend it all into one (laughs) okay give me me a taste of all of them uh, i can just give you a quick rundown the The, the buffet of celtics the celtics d would be bad their season I agreed. pretty much over after Hayward was hurt. Um, not so much that one, but I would thought a young team would be bad defensively. If we go back six months, Isaiah Thomas is better than Kyrie. It was that always one. a popular one around here. Yeah, that one I never quite understood. Yeah, Kyrie hung 47 on the Mavs last night. Isaiah's not playing. It's not a good time to have that debate as well. <laughs> and Kyrie couldn't start for the Warriors. <laughs> Which, by the way, I, I, that one... Did that, you do some extra? That sounds like a little extra. On that one? How do you even get to... That was right. That one I don't back off of. Well, it's that was Clay and Steph. Who, who well, even, exactly. Who even brought it up? I don't know. It was during the finals. The kind of conversations you end up having. Would you bench Clay for Kyrie? That was essentially the conversation. How do you guys get to that? I don't know, but the answer is no. Saruti, <laughs> I, I don't even want to ask you that one. He's got my back. I'd take Clay over Kyrie. Would you take Clay over Steph? Be honest. No. No, but I do love Clay. <laughs> you do love Clay. <laughs> He's probably my favorite warrior. We got to do. This I think later, he's criminally but... underrated. Did, how, did the thing that happened yesterday, which we got to talk about, it's going to be on TV only, so the already audience won't get to know. But did it make you like Clay more? And and what it was, I mean, we just have. I was going to reveal it. I promise. Okay, all right. He, but, I don't know how to answer this. He's walking down the street. He's in New York City, and there's scaffolding everywhere. And a local news asks him, like, is he worried about it at all? Well, there was a scaffolding incident in New York in the last couple of days. It came. Some came down. And when you're walking to New York, there's scaffolding. If there's construction on the upper floor, they right. create that so that it doesn't fall on you, right? But the scaffolding itself came down. It's just piles of lumber and people underneath it. And New Yorkers digging this lumber and scaffolding off to get these people out. And then apparently they say they're getting their man on the street part of this. And they grab a man on the street to say, hey, what do you think? And it's Clay Thompson just giving his take on scaffolding. And it says under there, Clay Thompson, NBA player. <laughs> I like him way more now. Yeah, because he just Can we genuinely gives his answer, by the way. Let's grab the audio so the radio audience doesn't feel left out here. So at some point, we'll play that for you. It makes me love him even more. Uh, we have it in TV only, so that's going to be coming up in a few minutes. But I don't want to leave the radio audience out of this whole thing. Rosillo Show on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Again, Will Kane. So Kyrie, 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 Kyrie. Your take, your deal with the Celtics defense, totally agree. You can't believe they're this good, but they are. They're young, but they're long as hell. They can switch multiple positions. Kyrie is the first time ever in his career, a positive on the defensive side. He had always been a negative in the previous six years. Kyrie, though, 
you and I both hated the first take appearance. That's and, true. It's also separate than what you think of him as a player. And it to has to be. And I think I, I, I feel like I do a good job with that stuff. I just spent an entire segment applauding Russell Wilson and saying he's doing even better with less around him, even though I just don't like any of the interviews ever. Whenever I hear from him, I just go, I'm, I'm out, I'm out. So I try to separate the two. But if you ask the NBA public now, Kyrie, top five player, 16 in a row with the Celts, closing time, he is the best in the game, at least this season. How many people say, what percentage of NBA population, and I mean just all of us, fans, me the whole deal, would say, yeah, Kyrie, he's a top five guy. Right now, I'm going to put the over-under at 35%. I would take the over. Would you really? And it would be wrong. You mean those that think he's a top five player would be wrong? Yeah. I'm just not sure, and you think more people are ready to say that, to take that position. I'm not sure people are, because you got to just start going through the process of elimination. So no one's going to argue that Kyrie over Durant or LeBron. I don't think people are going to argue him over Curry. Maybe I bet you more people would than you'd realize. I always love doing the top five and top ten kind of thing. I can get you three, and then I get you eight. And after eight, I don't really know what to do anymore. Does Kyrie make that top eight? No, and he's awesome. It would have to be more. I remember your top eight. Than a less than less than a quarter of the season. Not that he's going to fall off. He's going to put up huge numbers the whole time. Defensively, I got to see if he's going to stay this engaged the entire time. But he was somebody because of the shot two years ago in Game Seven against the Warriors. Then it starts to feel like he has this, and I hate Heisman moment. But for him, it was this moment that we all identify with. He's a closer. He gets it clutch. All the things we love about some of these guys. And you go, okay, is he really somebody that's a top 10? And yet he feels like it. He's hitting all of those things for that profile, the start of this year, with now him being the face of the most historic franchise going. A year ago, I think Kyrie as a top 10 player was a laughable argument. I don't think the statistics. Agreed. I don't think the play on the court. I don't think any of that was there to support it. All that that guy had, the guy that said Kyrie was a top 10 player, was essentially a clutch shot in the NBA Finals to back it up. Now it's different, though, Ryan. And I'm not, I don't, I'm with you. It's too early. The sample size is too small to make this argument. I just want to say the player that Kyrie has become through the first part of the season in Boston, it's hard for you to make an argument for Westbrook and Harden over this guy. This guy at the beginning of this season. And that's where you start getting into the end of the top five, into that next group, into the top ten. So if we say forget top five, maybe it'd be maybe I need to be more fair to the NBA audience that would say, Well, wait a minute, dude. Like you think one out of every three of us already has Kyrie in the top five? When it is, at least for me, LeBron, Durant, Steph, those are your three. Others would say, wait a minute, you know, there's just a fandom of liking Russ, liking Harden more. I'll take Curry over those two guys every day of the week. But they are in that next group. So if it's LeBron, Durant, Steph, Russ, Harden, Kawhi, and this isn't really in order. That's and then, six safe, I think. Okay, that's six. So where is Kyrie? Is Kyrie in that world now? Well, okay. Now, then you, now I haven't even said Anthony Davis, I who say, I think is still somehow criminally underrated. He was incredible last night. The team is generally not that Giannis, good who's him. on a huge rise. And Giannis, who I think we've the NBA public has accepted. He's that dude. He's in that eight. And that's no Kyrie. That's no John Wall. Wall's good. I don't think he's in that eight. That's me taking Chris Paul out, which hurt, but I can't put him in it. 
And that's not even putting down everyone's favorite player in the world right now, Embiid, which is, I'm sorry, as great as it is, you can't do it not even 50 games into somebody's career. You can't. You, you don't get to move into that neighborhood unless you've been paying taxes a couple years. I want to set aside Giannis and Anthony Davis for one moment because okay. they are unicorns in this debate. The apples-to-apples apples comparison is harder. I just want to ask you this. If you got drug into a knockdown, dragout debate between Harden, Westbrook, and Kyrie right now, and you can only use this year— you can't go back and tell me about MVPs and triple-doubles well, last hard. year. I'm just telling you, just this year, how does that debate go? I actually think it's hardened because Russ is trying to figure out this team that isn't very good right now. And I'm not – I never thought the Thunder were going to challenge the Warriors, but I thought it would be better than not 500. Uh, Harden, in every statistic, is absolutely off the charts. So I don't think you could really mess with him. Why are you going Kyrie? No, I'm not. I'm yeah. just saying, I think before this whole season is done, you're probably going to be having that debate <laughs> right there. That Those three guys. So if you put two of them in the top five, how are, how is the third not in the top yeah, ten? Give me, you're saying give me another year of the Kyrie results through the rest of it. If it looks like this, you can't have two of them in the top five and tell me the third guy's not in the top ten. And if you want to go defensive stats and some of this stuff, like Harden's, Harden's not where Kyrie is. Kyrie's winning the debate against some of his contemporaries defensively right now. So Rudy? If this keeps going, the Celtics keep winning, and Kyrie keeps playing defense somehow, is, are they going to give him the MVP? <sighs> Man, I thought Giannis or Embiid already won it. Uh, Even though maybe Harden's having still another better season and probably might get another second-place finish. If Paul comes back, Harden's numbers are going to dip. They just are. And if Harden's numbers bad. don't dip and he doesn't win another MVP, Daryl Morey's going to like. Yeah, but that's just, that's just Daryl Morey have an aneurysm. And I know Chris Paul is back, but I'm just saying when he's back, back playing, those numbers are going to decline. And I love Daryl, but he's he's very pro his guy on Twitter. Hey, you know we got into the um, Sam Rosen versus Elad debate really early. You and yeah. I were, were trendsetters on that. We're, we're, we're real early on something's going to happen here. Josh Rosen. I meant Sam Darnold. Um, <laughs> I like, say Sam Rosen. I've done this several times today. Hey, I, I, that was one of the times where I was 100%. I'm like, what the hell is he talking about right now? This Kyrie debate, yeah. we're about four months early on it, but it's going to be hot and heavy. I love that. Do you want to play the clay real quick? Let's do that next. Here's Clay Thompson being asked about scaffolding. We'll do that on ESPN Radio, and we'll guess the college football playoff rankings for tonight, 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. In life, there are talkers and there are doers. Sometimes it's not hard to tell the difference. Mike Bloomberg has spent his life getting big things done. Starting his business out of a one-room office, Mike built a company with 20,000 employees, all with good pay and quality health care. Elected mayor in the aftermath of 9-11, Mike got to work helping rebuild a shaken city, creating nearly 500,000 new jobs and expanding health care for nearly 700,000 New Yorkers. Now, there's a clear choice. Do you want a debater or a doer? Someone who can fix health care, who's done it. A guy who's unafraid of tough challenges, who has a track record creating jobs, who's taken on the NRA and won. That's Mike Bloomberg, a proven leader who can unite our country and get big things done. That's who can beat Trump. That's who we need in the White House. I'm Mike Bloomberg, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Mike Bloomberg 2020. And now another edition of Obvious News from Geico. Obvious News! 
Experts now say that wearing more clothes in the winter will, in fact, help you be warmer. We asked cold victim Trent Patterson about this, and here's what he said. Yeah, it was the weirdest thing. I, I was a little cold, put on a sweater, then wasn't cold. I was like, what? Also in obvious news, Geico makes it easy to save money and easy to reach them with licensed agents available around the clock. So switching is a really smart decision. That's obvious news from Geico. I think we're going to take calls at the end of this hour on stuff you honestly root for in sports that you kind of feel a little guilty about just because you've had an opinion and you want to be right about it. Yeah, we got to be clear. It's because you don't want to be wrong, not because you just don't like someone. Yeah, right, right. We'll screw it up, or the, that that has a. I'd say fifty percent of the calls won't get that. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're, like, gonna, we're gonna try it though. Like, you know what? I went to Georgia, so I hate Florida. Yeah, that's that's what we're looking to avoid. Yeah, thanks for that. We had mentioned the Clay Thompson scaffolding interview. Mm-hmm. What local news station is that in New York? Uh, I don't know. I didn't catch the tag. You didn't at the catch bottom. the tag. Okay, can we run that again? WNYW. Okay, we'll run this again here because we didn't play for the radio audience. Clay being interviewed about scaffolding. I usually observe if the, if the piping and stuff is new. Or if sometimes, you know, something looks like it's been there a while. I kind of try to avoid that. You and I laughed about this during the commercial break. So how do you think this went down? Like the reporters stand on the side of the street in New York City and, city and they go, grab that guy. Grab that. We, we, we need a man on the street. We need somebody to give feedback. I'm like, okay. And at the end, like, okay, now how do you spell your name? With a K? Okay. Uh, and what, what is it you do for a living? I'm going to write this down. NBA player. Really? That's interesting. Oh. Not a lot of those. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, you are tall. You must be good. I thought that, yeah, yeah. Or do you think it was, oh, my God, that's Clay Thompson over there. See if he'll talk about scaffolding. Which was it? There's a longer cut that I heard where it, it feels like they're just tossing to it. Like the first time I watched it, I go, do they not understand this? And then you see the graphic, and it's Fox 5 News there. Is that the best? Is that your home for local news in New York City? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't even, did you think I meant that as a Fox News joke? I didn't know where you're going with that. I don't. I know. didn't even think of that. I didn't even think of that. We've mm-hmm. we've had enough of the news stuff. So there you go. That's Clay Thompson. Everybody likes him even more. Um, this is terrible news from College Hoops. Um, no one died, so I got to change my tone here. But oh, wow, I've yeah, myself. Missouri star freshman Michael Porter Jr. You remember him? He came in after the fact after his coach number uh, two, right? No, number two NBA prospect. He's going to undergo country. back surgery. All right, so back surgery for one of the top recruits, guy that could have been in the conversation number one pick. Expected to miss the remainder of the season. That's a school announcing that today. Remainder of the season. Michael Porter played two minutes in the first game of this NCAA season and went out. Everybody said it was a hip. What's wrong with Michael Porter? Why doesn't he come back quickly? Two minutes, Ryan. Two minutes. And it's a season-ending back issue as a result? That's I'm telling you, man. He, brutal. You're right. It means Missouri will have had all of that month of anticipation and excitement, and he's going to be gone. He's going to be gone. Yeah. I wonder what this will do to his prospect status, because it was him, Young, Marvin Bagley from back Duke. problems? Yeah. That's weird. Unless, you know, you know what everybody's going to tell you is that it's great. He's fine. Full recovery. He'll be fine. Uh, that's a bummer. All right, so I was bummed is. out. Yeah, that's why I just read that one. It just came out. Again, Michael Porter's going to be out for the year now after a back surgery. The Rosillo Show on ESPN Radio and, of course, the ESPN app. College football playoff rankings. Are you ready to go on I this? I got mine teed up. Okay. Yeah. You think the committee will do what tonight? All right, so mine rankings here reflect that I think there's a great premium placed on your undefeated status. And your schedule. So mine goes number one, Bama, number two, UCF, number three, Wisconsin, number four, Auburn. Let's see what you did there. You think UCF is going to jump 
13 spots. Undefeated. UCF fans are starting to get a little upset. This usually happens maybe every other year. Set them up, knock them down. Where you start doing this, well, if it's the four best teams, and what are we supposed to do? I will admit I generally root against that conversation all the time. Because <laughs> I go, I just, I just don't think you'd be undefeated if you played in another conference. I have my rankings projections exactly the way the AP has them. I think the AP has it locked down. Bama 1, Miami 2, OU 3, and Clemson 4 with Wisconsin 5th and Auburn 6th. I didn't really mean that stuff about UCF. And I like that they got a mention. Wisconsin. That was, that was they deserved it, yeah. actually. All right, here's the problem. Why would Miami jump Clemson now? It's not a really strong reason. At Did you look at it and start- go, I don't want to write down the same six teams? As, as the is AP? You, as the you, AP? No, no. Did you go, I don't want to do the same exact six teams as the playoff committee did last week because I want to be interesting on the radio? No. No, no. <laughs> That's what it felt like. Because I jumped Miami over Clemson? You think the committee's going to jump Miami over Clemson after this past weekend? Are they going to be See, that upset about the Citadel? What's happened is I'm telling you what I think the rankings should be, and now you want me to go back and tell me what I think they will be. And so do I think they will jump Miami over Clemson after a tough game against Virginia? Probably not. The committee seems all in on Clemson. They love all those top 40 victories. They forgive Kelly Bryant's absence during the Syracuse loss. Mm -hmm. I don't know what would change now. So if you're asking me, and I think you have been from the beginning, my confusion is largely because I was tied up in my UCF joke, (laughs) what they will do, not what they should do, they will leave Clemson ahead of Miami. They're going to leave Clemson ahead of Miami. I, I would be shocked because that would be the type of change where you go, wait a minute, what are you guys doing during these meetings? They serve in ice cream and old granddad? Like what, what do you mean? How did Clemson jump? If Clemson was two and you kept referencing the Kelly Bryant injury, how does that happen after Miami? So maybe they could say, oh, But you know what they say? Body work. Body work. Body work. Well, it wouldn't be body work this week when you just play the Citadel. So – the other one, could they get weird and jump Wisconsin up and feel like the Michigan win is is that impressive a win? I mean, Michigan's barely a top 25 team. So I don't think that. I think it's going to be the same six teams. With Will Kane coming up next, I'm going to ask Lewis Riddick about Blaine Gabbert. And it's going to leave Lewis speechless. It's ESPN Radio. Nobody's going to stop me. No, nothing is beyond me. I'm coming at you faster. No stopping what now that Human Resources VP Meg Ward has Kronos for HR, payroll, talent, and time, she's totally owning it at work. She even has her own hype song. I'm going to blow it up now. Hey. I'm a body in motion. Hey. Making waves like the ocean. Hey. My workforce is really diverse. You know, different hours, different skill sets, different pay grades. We're motivating and engaging the right people every step of the way. Kronos, HR solutions for the modern workforce. Learn more at Kronos.com slash HR Swagger. We got Lewis Riddick now, Will Kane, the Rosillo Show, ESPN Radio. Also, we want to take some calls from you on stuff, and we're going to be very clear about this. It's things that you kind of believe in. Like my Alex Smith thing. I don't think he's I think he's all right. 
He's not great, and he starts off the season awesome, and then he starts regressing. Do I sit at home and enjoy that regression? I do. I'm sorry. I I do, and I feel bad about it. Seems like a heck of a nice guy, but I that Giants game that was that wasn't even an Alex Smith type game. I'm like, what the hell is this? Picks, bad throws. But what do you do? That's the same thing. Triple eight, say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Lewis, okay. So we actually started the show talking about Russell Wilson because the defense is going to get worse with the injuries. They can't run the football the last couple of years. And he started with a great defense. He started with a team that could uh, control the ground game. But now I'm so enamored with him. And we don't talk about him in the way we talk about Brady, Rodgers. Where's your level of trust with Wilson in comparison to those other guys? Well, if you if you put them all on the same football team, give them all the same weapon, same system to work with, I mean, I would put him right up there with all of them because the guy has... Physically, there's nothing he can't do as far as throwing the football. He can operate from the pocket, from outside the pocket, and he's got great mobility. So there's nothing that he can't do. It's it's not it's, when you're talking about trust with Russ and as far as how he plays quarterback. There's there's nothing that you're really concerned about right now. Also, I I think that the structure of their offense is inferior to what New England's is. It's just when you look at it and you look at how the route designs are for this offense, it's not the same as what New England looks like. They This very much so looks like playground ball a lot by design. So I think a lot of the things that he's doing right now, he's doing in spite of not having maybe the same kind of tactical advantages that like a guy like Tom Brady has. So, so is that more impressive I think, or less absolutely, impressive? I absolutely think it's even more impressive. And that's why when you talk about MVPs, I think he legitimately, even though he's not – he may not be having some of the same kind of um, statistical numbers that like Carson Wentz has, but if you took him off of Seattle, Seattle's maybe five and eleven, maybe a six and ten team. They have no shot without him. Any any immobile quarterback who doesn't have the ad lib second reaction ability like he has is dead in this offense. Dead. I'm fascinated by what you just said about their offense. That it's this playground, simplistic, predictable, as opposed to creative, schematic, like in New England. Give me another example or two in the NFL of offensive systems that are just completely lacking creativity and simplistic. Like, well, I can, I can name so. one right off the bat, and that's Oakland. I think Derek Carr, a lot of the struggles that that offense is having, a lot of it can be attributed to a very predictable passing game in particular and an offensive line and a running game that has not been very dominant, although they are paid to be dominant. And I think that's why they are struggling. That in turn, leaks over into the defense, which means like if you can't stay on the football field and that defense has to stay out there, it's just problematic all the way around. And that's why they are right now going – that's why they're going to miss the playoffs and why this year they're one of the most disappointing teams in the NFL. Um, I've had conversations numerous with numerous people about what are you you know looking at Oakland's offense just from a passing game structure standpoint. And you just go, look, there's, there's nothing really designed to really help guys like Amari Cooper get open. And then when you have a guy like him who's struggling anyway with his consistency, you need something to help him gain confidence. And I just don't see it there. I just don't see it. I feel like I read the same things, Lewis, about Dallas. Is, would you say the same thing about Dallas, not scheming um, to get your playmakers in positions to make plays? Yeah, you know what? I, I Maybe to some degree. Da- Dallas has really, look, Jason Witten has relied on certain routes that he has run for years that he's still very good at. Uh, Des Bryant is one of those guys. They move him around on occasion. It's not with the same kind of uh, consistency, though, that you would expect. They don't have players on the on the perimeter. As good as Des is, as good as Terrence Williams is, they're not a team that can really be static and be predictable. They do need to have some variation. 
They don't have as much of it as maybe ideally you would like. And without Ezekiel Elliott, it all kind of gets magnified right now. We're talking with Lewis Riddick here on the Rosilla Show, Will Kane on ESPN Radio. What happened to Joe Flacco? <laughs> uh, injury has happened to Joe Flacco. I think we're seeing what – I think Joe has never really been the pure – precision passer like we would expect him to be relative to what his salary is. And I think the weapons around him have disappeared too. He has never had a complement of weapons that would really offset some of the limitations that he has. So when he doesn't have those, um, this is what you get. And look, he's always been a victim of the fact that they won a Super Bowl. He cashed in. He got a huge salary that paid him like he should be playing like Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and he was never going to be that guy. He's just not. I like this. Dr. Riddick solves these various teams we've run through. What is it? Oakland, Dallas. Yeah, Flacco. I don't know if I'm solving them. but Now tell me what's wrong with Kansas City. Uh, well, defensively, they're not rushing the passer very well. D. Ford has not been able to stay on the field. Tom Ali has been hurt. Justin Houston can't do it all on his own. They're beat up along the defensive line. They get gashed in the run game. They're slow at linebacker. And in the secondary, really, they have, without Eric Berry, they have one premier player in Marcus Peters, and he's been very inconsistent this year by his own admission. So they've been doing it with a lot of smoke and mirrors on that side of the ball. And offensively, the big plays have disappeared. Were we too soon to write off Blaine Gabbert? Uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm about to say, what? Uh, only what people is on that? TV will know the reaction to that question. Uh, you had something else, though, didn't you, Will? Well, I want to ask you this. Okay, so here we are. Carolina, 7-3. and three. Atlanta, 6-4. and four. Detroit, 6-4. and four. Then you've got Seattle, 6-4. and four. Mm-hmm. A couple 5-5 five and five teams after that. That's, your, that's who's competing yeah. for the, the two wildcard spots in the yeah. NFC. Who do you expect to come away with those two spots? Oh, boy. I don't know. Maybe I, I think – look, I still think Detroit – I've, I've been saying Detroit's going to make a run, and I think they will because their schedule is much more favorable than what Minnesota's is. So I think they can still make a make a run to win the North. And I just said a little while ago, I think Atlanta's primed to make a run. So let's just say Detroit and Atlanta. I'll go with those two. Thanks, Lewis. You got it. Yeah, Lewis Riddick. And if you take a look at the NFL standings, that game last night for Atlanta was huge because that would put Atlanta the sixth seed. No, it's ahead of themselves, but they have the tiebreaker in that weird game against Detroit, and now the tiebreaker had had at least – uh, with Seattle there. So that, was, that wasn't just a big win on the road, tough spot. And Seattle came back and fought. I, we've done this too many times. I have a hard time quitting them. I know they're different, especially with the injuries in that secondary. But even in a loss, I find myself impressed with the Seahawks. Carolina has fight. a game lead. We should just point that out to a, as well. 7-3, and three, Carolina for that wild, one of those wild-card spots. Right. Yeah, your wild-card teams now are Carolina and Atlanta in the NFC. Rosilla Show brought to you by Upside.com, giving all business travelers the gift of a better travel experience this holiday season. Upside.com. We still have top five, bottom three to come. But up next, you being honest about things that you root for to happen because of a position that you've had with your buddies for a really long time. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Rosilla Show, ESPN Radio. An interesting creature inhabits the flat, arid plains of many an automobile dashboard. The bobblehead. It's most agreeable and will nod along to anything, despite having no brain function. But when the bobblehead hears how Geico not only saves people money, but also gives them access to licensed agents 24-7 online and over the phone, he'll nod even more vigorously because he knows you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. 
Easy, bobblehead, easy. You're going to get whiplash. And we started uh, doing this really earlier in the week. Granted, we're only on Tuesday, but we did it before the show yesterday. We didn't really do it. It was these things in sports that you have that you're rooting for this outcome because of something you've already said or just something you selfishly believe in. And I've mentioned the Sixers thing where I've gone, I thought at the beginning of the year, young team, like the players, probably not going to be very good. Uh, Embiid scares the hell out of me because of the health issues and his contract. And I could say, oh, well, do I want him to get hurt so they have a bad record and I end up being right? No, I don't. I don't ever want to root for anyone's injuries. But there are those moments you have to imagine, like you have those when you're at home. And you have the Kyrie one right now with the Celtics. I have Kyrie, I have Carson Wentz, I have John Helway. Yeah, meaning I don't think Kyrie's as good as Isaiah Thomas. Tough spot for that take right now. I'm in a um, tough spot on several right now. Yeah, okay, so we Carson want to open Wentz this up. Carson Wentz versus Dak Prescott. Yeah. yeah. And I like Carson. And you do, but it, 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 you're not allowed. You're not allowed to like him, even though you guys would be best friends because he bought shotguns for his entire offensive line in college. Triple H State ESPN. So we wanted to try this with you and see how it goes. We'll go to Graham in Chicago. What do you have, Graham? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I'm an UGA alum, and I've spent most of the season actively rooting against Miami and Mark Rick. I love the guy. I love what he did for our program. Couldn't be happier with Kirby Smart. And actually like Miami, but I was one of the loudest in my group of friends saying he can't win the big game. we got to get rid of him. And I could never live it down if Perfect he wins example. it with Miami in his first year. So Perfect even though example. you love Rick, if they're playing Clemson, well, when they're playing Clemson in the ACC title game, you're going to be rooting for Clemson because you want to still have – you'll when. If they were to lose that game, somewhere deep down, you would smile on the inside saying, I was always right. I will catch so much flack for saying that he couldn't win it, couldn't we got to get rid of him for years, and then he takes down Clemson, even if he beats Alabama, because I was a big saving guy saying we need a saving guy like Smart. If that happened, I could I would never live it down. Real quick, were your buddies saying you're wrong the whole time? You were saying Rick can't win the big one, we got to get rid of him. They're like, no, appreciate what we've got here. They exactly. They were saying, appreciate what we got here. We bring in great players. He makes people into great guys. He's great for our program. You never know what you're going to get with the next coach. Be happy with what you have. And I was actively rooting against it. And I like Smart, but I, I really don't want him to win it. Okay, perfect. Right. Let's try Kyle in North Carolina. What's up, man? Hey guys, I uh, I usually root against talk show hosts who I generally don't agree with, especially <laughs> like hot take artists like Stephen A. Skip. Sometimes Will. <laughs> so. It's not what even does that mean root against me. No, but I, what I'm, I'm suggesting, like Kyle, are you telling me games you normally would never care about, teams you have no emotional attachment to, you just want to see one of these guys' fiery opinions just be proven horribly wrong? Exactly, like something I'm watching the week before, and I'm like, man, that is just absurd. And then I watch it, and truly, it was absurd. It makes me feel happy. How bad does it happy. hurt, Kyle, when I'm right though? Uh, it, hurts, it hurts pretty bad, I'm not going to lie, but usually that just doesn't happen. So, you can explain you know, it I'm, away. I'm rocking on the happy, the right side of the pillow. Okay. Uh, Steven in South Carolina. Hey, wh- hey, what's up, guys? What's up, Will and Ryan? Mine is uh, mine is just Baker Mayfield and the, the Big 12 mantra of just of quarterbacks. I mean, I know I won't be proven right until next year when Baker Mayfield uh, is forced to throw in the pocket behind an NFL O-line. I mean, he's going to try and run out like he does in the Big 12, and there's no way. And it's just the – I mean, look at the history of the Big 12. you got Colt McCoy, Vince Young, Sam Bradford. I mean, Sam Bradford has reached the peak of, of, of Big 12 quarterback success. I mean, Big Cat and PFT, from part of my take, say the best. I mean, he gets Ooh. traded for a first-round draft, draft pick. And so your take that you're running out with your buddies on a consistent basis is Big 12 quarterbacks overrated, can't make it at the next level, and you're afraid 
Baker could put a hole in that argument so you actively root against Baker's success. Exactly. Yes, I am a little a little scared because I mean, his, I'm not gonna lie. Because he's gonna win the great. Heisman. He's awesome. Yeah, that's what that, everybody just wants to give him the Heisman. And who are you I, giving I mean, it to? I don't. Who? I mean, he's consistently been number one for the past what four to five weeks. I I I mean, I, I feel what he did this past weekend was totally disrespectful, and it kind of gave me a little. Yeah, I mean, the committee might not vote vote him for the Heisman. Right. So you were, of what he did. Right, so he grabbed and his junk, and, and you go, okay, well, he's completing 70% of his passes, but he grabbed his junk. So, so maybe I'm still right here. Let's go to Josh and Mass. We're trying to run through a bunch of these. Ryan, Will, thanks for having me on. Hey, As Josh. a non-Patriots fan oh, living man. in Massachusetts, <laughs> I want Jimmy Garoppolo to be so bad. You want to be so appear, bad? Oh, I can't believe they traded him. What are they thinking? Blah, blah, blah. He's got like, what, 75 pass attempts in his career, most of which happened in the course of two games. Give me a break. So it's not that you... You should be be lucky you got a draft pick. So what you're saying is is it's not that you want him to be bad because the Pats traded him. You you want him to be bad because all your friends have said how awesome he is and that they don't like to trade. A majority of my friends are diehard Pats fans. And they they like not only say depressed but down that they don't have Jimmy Garoppolo back there. Jimmy G is our boy, and now he's gone. And I'm telling them that they're better off without him. And I can't wait to see him do poorly, pick after pick. I just I just want to see it. So I'm like, remember remember when I said that he was garbage? You think he's garbage? I thought he was awesome. Yeah, a lot of those guys probably like Ryan Mallett a lot too. But I think Garoppolo gave you a little bit more than Mallett did. That that flipped up on us. That that was that one. I had to yeah. keep up. That yeah, took some yeah. mental acuity. Okay, this is a weird one. We got Pat in Michigan. Pat, you're a Packers fan, correct? Uh huge Packers fan. Uh, Fifty years old. Uh, grew up loving scrambling quarterbacks. Fran Tarkenton, Roger Staubach, Brett Favre came along, and I was hooked on the Packers. I visited Lambeau several times. Love Lambeau, and I got to tell you, I I don't know why. This is, but I can't stand Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if it's his smugness. I don't know what it. When he got hurt, I wasn't cheering, but I kept my mouth quiet and I. But I had a smile on my face because I've never liked the man. I just and I, I don't know what it is. And I'm a huge Packer fan, so explain that one. Oh, and by the way, nobody outside of Boston likes Kyrie. <laughs> uh-huh. Which, by the way, a year ago, nobody in Boston liked Kyrie. <laughs> <laughs> That's even better. Pat, this is weird, man. So you were such a Favre guy that in the beginning, were you trying to think Rodgers wasn't all that? Be honest. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So then- uh, I wanted Brett back. I would like Brett back this year. Uh, the guy played with a love of the game that I've never seen before. And Aaron is surgical with no, very little emotion unless he scores and brings out that belt. Um, just tired of him. Just okay. tired of the whole scene. This is a bit insane. Like, that one's a little insane that you'd rather have Favre playing this week. Um, he, he doesn't he, mean this week. Yeah, but he, he can love the game and all. But He's just married to his Favre take like we all get married to takes. He's married to it over Rodgers, and every time Rodgers performs at a high level, he dies a little bit. Joe in D.C., last one. Joe? Probably also married to my take as well, but I cannot stand the NFC East, that all four teams get six primetime games yep. every season, that everyone thinks they're the best division in football, they have won one playoff game as a division in the last five years. Since I mean, this is immediately after the Giants' Super Bowl victory, of course. They get every primetime game, and then they all flame out in the playoffs every single year. I can't 
stand it. And I love it every year when the playoffs happen or every primetime game. I mean, just look at the schedule. Every week they got a Thursday night game, a Sunday night game, or a Monday night game. I'm aware of it. That was good. All right, Andy Benoit next on Quarterbacks, ESPN Radio.